Today's episode is called Even Now, and I hope to convince you that no matter how far down you've gone, how far you've strayed, how screwed up you feel, you are worthy of grace even now. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, worrier, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and his promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. Maybe this podcast right now finds you a little hungover. Maybe last night you spent somewhere you knew better than to spend it. Maybe you're in the process of a divorce and you're packing up your things or your spouse is busy packing up their things. Maybe you're two hours or two weeks post-abortive. Maybe you've screwed up big time. You're about to lose your job. They found out something about you. You've been lying to cover it up. Maybe you've gotten a little too close to someone at work, and it's gone way further than you ever thought it would go. You're emotionally attached. Maybe you've gone even further. You can tell that you're drifting from your spouse. You don't know how to get it back. You don't know how to, if you want to get your relationship with your spouse back, you know it's wrong, but you're still tied to that person that you shouldn't be tied to. Maybe you haven't talked to your mom or your sister or your dad or your brother or your best friend from three years back for a really long time because you got in an argument and things got out of control and things were said and there's no forgiveness to be had and there's grudges and it is not a peaceful situation. Maybe today this finds you suicidal. You've had enough. You don't know how to handle all this. You don't know where to go from here. You just want to end it all. If any of these scenarios or any other worst case scenario is where you find yourself today, I have three words for you. God loves you. Absolutely. God loves you. He loves you infinitely more than you even know. How do I know? Well, let's just examine a few lives of people in the Bible who we see as great heroes of faith or who were used mightily by God. Moses, he screwed up. He killed a guy and buried him in the desert. David This man who was a man after God's own heart. Oh, wow. He screwed up big time. He didn't go to war with all the rest of his army. He's sitting and lounging at home, goes outside in the evening, looks at a naked woman, lusts after her. His servant tries to stop him. He doesn't listen to a servant. He walks right into the trap, sends for this woman who comes. They have this great night of sex. And then he finds out she's pregnant. What to do? Her husband is away at war, so he quickly brings him back. He tries to get him to go sleep with his wife, but this man's way too honorable. He just thinks, you know, how can I go home and sleep with my wife when all the troops 
are out there at war. I can't do that. So David has to come up with a more mischievous plan, which is to get the man drunk. He figures if he gets him drunk, then he'll go and have sex with his wife and he won't even think about it. But you know what? No, he didn't. And so David plotted murder. He sent a note with the man back to the battle line saying, put this man in the fiercest fighting so that he dies. And that's exactly what happened. Scott free. No one knows. But God knew. <laughs> and actually other people knew too. So here's Bathsheba and she's pregnant. And now God says, David, not okay. Or how about Judah? You want to read about someone who's pretty messed up, whose family is messed up? Go read about Judah. He had two wicked sons who the Lord put to death. And then he goes and sleeps with his daughter-in-law thinking she's a prostitute. And when she gets pregnant by him, he demands that she is killed for what she's done because she's had sex outside of marriage, not realizing he's the one who impregnated her. How about Peter? Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. And on the night when Jesus needed him the most, when Jesus was taken into captivity and he was suffering, Peter denied he even knew him. And not in front of, you know, these big brawny soldiers No, in front of these little girls, he denied he even knew Jesus. They screwed up pretty badly. And yet, that wasn't the end of the story for them. Moses went on to lead Israel. His biggest days, his most important days were ahead of him, even after he killed that man. David was still king. He had a lot of work yet to do. He planned the temple that Solomon would build after all that happened. Peter began, became a major leader in the Christian church after Jesus rose from the dead. And Judah, that messy, messy story with Judah, you know what? The Savior still came from his line. God's grace is bigger than our worst mess. His grace is bigger than the unfathomable, the things that we think no one could ever look us in the eye if they knew this, or no one is going to be able to forgive me for this. God says, hey, you know what? I can handle it. My son, Jesus, he died on the cross for that very sin. I'm going to give you three examples, real life things from Jesus of um, how I know this is true. So while Jesus was on earth, these are three people that he talked to who would have been considered great sinners. So the first one is from John chapter eight, and it says this, At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. 
The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When he kept on questioning, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. As a woman, I've always found it interesting that they brought this woman before Jesus. She was caught in the act of adultery. There was clearly a man involved as well. And yet somehow they didn't think, or for some reason, they didn't bring the man before Jesus. But here this woman is in front of this crowd, and everybody knows what she's done. Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. He never had a lustful thought. He had never gone there, and yet he didn't condemn the woman. He said, you know what? Anyone who hasn't sinned, you go ahead. You throw the first stone at her. This should assure you that whatever you've done, that you feel like you're standing in front of a group of Christians who would just condemn you and, you know, send you to hell if they could, Jesus is standing with you. And if Jesus is standing with you, then I don't think you have to worry about anyone else who might be throwing stones. We'll be back with this episode in just a minute, but first I want to pass along something that might help your faith journey. In 2019, I had some pretty catastrophic events happen. Within the span of less than two weeks, both of my parents were diagnosed with cancer, and then a situation that had been escalating turned kind of painful. I'm telling you this because I'm guessing that over the past year, you have maybe had some situations that have been fairly painful and catastrophic as well. Maybe you lost your job due to COVID or your kids haven't been able to return to school and there are implications from that. Or maybe you've experienced a tragedy that has nothing to do with COVID, but has been equally challenging or hurtful. During the time that I was going through some of these issues, I wrote a series of blogs and I wanna share some of those with you um, over the course of the next four weeks. But then I also really want to prepare you to listen to a message that I recorded for Easter. Because what I realized recently is that I was holding on to a lot of hurt from what happened in 2019. And I didn't want to hold on to that anymore. So I'm going to be talking to you about how to get rid of and finally release the hurt as a result of some of these incidents. So the first blog that I want to direct you to is called 
When you're hanging by a thread, remember who holds the spool. You can find a link to it in the episode notes of this podcast, or simply go to timeofgrace.org and search for when you're hanging by a thread, remember who holds the spool. Okay, back to today's episode. The second account is from Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All of the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The crowd following Jesus that day, they didn't see Zacchaeus as worthy enough to be saved. (laughs) He was a chief tax tax collector, and tax collectors in those days were known to be swindlers. They took money from people. They extorted money. They were the scum of society. And yet that's exactly who Jesus went to be with. That's exactly who Jesus picked out of the crowd. Because he knew that Zacchaeus too was worthy of grace. Maybe Zacchaeus had made plenty of mistakes, but you know what? He relied on Jesus for his forgiveness And he turned. As long as you are breathing, there is always the opportunity to turn. That situation that you've been caught up in, the bad business deals, whatever they are, whatever it is that you are doing and you know, you know it's wrong. Today's the day that you can step away from that, just like Zacchaeus. You can say, no more. I'm not doing it. There may be consequences, absolutely. There were even for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, I'm going to pay back those who I've cheated. But it wasn't beyond God's grace. The last account is from John 21, and it goes like this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus was talking to Peter on the shore of Lake Galilee. They were eating fish in the morning. They were having breakfast and the other disciples were with him. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. This account is known as the account of Jesus reinstating Peter. Jesus going to Peter and saying, Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. What was he saying? He was saying, Peter, you have work to do. Quit moping on the sea because you denied knowing me. I know what you did. And I still want to use you. So get busy. Get back to work. It's water under the bridge. Yep, you did it. Now let's get back to work. Three times Peter denied knowing Jesus and three times He confessed his love to Jesus. And then that was it. After that, Pentecost came shortly after that, and Peter stood up before the crowd, and he confessed that Jesus was his Savior and all that had happened to Jesus so that many in the crowd turned and believed and were baptized. This was the point where Peter understood that God could still use him despite what he had done. I have three quotes now. They're all, um, well, two of them are memes, the first two. They say, the first one says, if God didn't forgive sinners, heaven would be empty. And I think so often we think, well, I have done so much worse than that person. I mean, clearly that person is a better person than I am. So how could I be forgiven? How could I expect to go to heaven? That's not the way it works. Grace is undeserved. None of us deserve God's love or his grace, but he gives it to us freely. So you know what? Don't worry about anybody else and how squeaky clean they might look. You don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what they're struggling with. We're all sinners, undeserving of grace, but so blessed to be given it. So don't feel that you are disqualified from what God wants to give to you. The second quote says this, I'm a failure. He's my forgiver. I'm a sinner. He's my savior. I'm broken. He's my healer. I'm his child. He's my God. You just need to know where to look to find the grace. It's not that the rest of us haven't done terrible things. It's not that that we um, are so deserving of heaven and God's love. We just know where to look. I'm not deserving, but I know that Jesus' blood covered even my sin. The last quote is from St. Padre Pio, and it says, remember, the sinner who is sorry for his sins is closer to God than the just man who boasts of his good works. And that reminded me of Jesus' parable that went like this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. 
The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. It doesn't matter that you have gone to a depth you never thought you would go to. (laughs) Repent. Turn to God. Jesus, right here, Jesus said, that person goes away forgiven. And we're told all of heaven rejoices over one sinner who turns. Even now, God is reaching out. Even now, God is ready to forgive. Even now, Jesus wants to pardon your sins and you to turn and follow him. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you are overwhelmed right now with sin, guilt, shame, anxiety, would you please reach out and contact us at Time of Grace so that we can offer you some resources and support you and pray for you. And please, don't forget, pray for us too. We're here for you, and we're here to spread the gospel throughout the world. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast so that other people can discover it too. We love hearing your feedback. And as always, if you know of a friend or a family member or someone that really needs to hear this message, would you consider sharing it with them? As always, thank you for listening to Little Things.